Hey, welcome to Church Alive. Our mission is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the message. And the Church Alive said, come on one more time. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we thank our worship team? Thank you, staff and the whole team. Grab your seat. Why are you still standing there? I do want to say before I get into my message today that the Sunday of Thanksgiving we'll be receiving a special offering called our Giving Christmas Away offering. This enables us in the month of December to be generous uh, both in the house and outside the church. What's happened in the last four years, you just heard about Believe and Build, but for the last four years in the month of Christmas, I felt like the Lord gave me a particular word which was just giving Christmas away four years ago. And then our church really rallied behind this whole idea that in the month of December, it's an amazing opportunity for us to be generous. And uh, we've given away a car to a single mother before. We gave away another car, would you believe, to a, a special needs organization. We uh, Last year, I think we had 80 or 100 ShopRite gift cards for $100 each so that people within the church and outside the church could be blessed. If you knew someone, we're literally like, hey, if you wanted to go to um, a waitress or a waiter and grab one and give it to them as a tip, just in the name of Jesus, we want you to be a blessing. And what we used to do was do a tricky tray and that raised maybe $20,000, $20, but we realized that the hours that actually takes to raise a tricky tray, the poor guy that did that for us was an amazing guy, but he would put in something along the lines of absolutely hundreds and hundreds of hours plus the hundreds of other hours hours that other people would help and we realized it wasn't even worth the hourly rate so I just realized that uh, you know what we're going to receive an offering instead the weekend of Thanksgiving and a couple of weeks after that and if you would consider giving a gift so that our church can be generous both within the church and without the uh, without side the church how many know the light of Christ will shine the love of God will shine in a practical way does that make sense and uh, so I want to give a talk today titled this, if you like to take notes in church, this is your time to write it down. But I want to talk to you along this thought, exposing Delilah. Exposing Delilah. Say that with me, exposing Delilah. I want to make a case today that the most powerful prayer, the prayer that needs to be in our lives so that it is in our heart, is as it is in heaven. In other words, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter 26 when he didn't want to go to the cross, but he knew heaven's assignment for his life was to go to the cross. He prayed, Father, thy will be done. The reason that Jesus prayed this way, I believe this, is your will can be lured. Your will, your will, your determination can be lured, it can be weakened, it can be tricked, it can be though, here's the good news, your will can be restored. How many know that sometimes your will gets lured, your will gets tricked, but you keep coming to the house of God and you find that you get hope and strength and faith again and your will gets restored to do what God has called you to do. Is anyone going to bring some encouragement to this third service? All the way in the back. Let me tell you what the prophet Kanye West said. 
in his song, Follow Jesus. Oh, sorry, closed on Sunday. Just like Chick-fil-A. He said this, follow Jesus, listen and obey. No more living for the culture. We nobody's slave. Isn't it amazing that someone who was so successful, in essence, powerful, had all the things that the world says you want, and he had it in, in boatloads, realized that he was a slave to actually the culture. He says this, stand up for my home, even if I take this walk alone. I bow down to the king upon the throne. My life is his. I'm no longer my own. I want to preach to you along this thought, exposing Delilah. When we jump into the text in Judges chapter 16, Samuel has already violated two out of the three covenants. Who did I say? I said Samuel. I meant Samson. Someone say Samson. Someone say help him, Jesus. Samson has already violated two of the three covenants and, and, and um, foundations that God had given him. His parents were unable to have kids, and they prayed that God would show up in their life. And that God literally sends an angel, and he gives him three certain requirements that he was to be set apart from his whole entire life. He was not to touch alcohol, he was not to touch dead things, and he was not to cut his hair. And he was to be a set-apart person. But like you and me, how many of you know that sometimes it's easier to violate God's commands than do God's commands? How many of you have ever violated God's commands? Okay, about 50% of you. The rest of you have floated in here. It's good to see you, angels. I thought I'd meet you in heaven, but... You're in church alive. You know you have a spiritual church when angels just come. Um, isn't it funny when you have a baby, though, that you're like, oh, little my little angel. Little angel. And then you're like, wait a second. This little angel's a little bit more like a devil sometimes. I remember my, my little uh, Charlotte. Oh, actually, I think it was Shelly was two years old. And, and, and she was like, I was like, go to bed. And she was looking at me, no, no. This is, and it's dark, and it's two in the morning, and when a little kid is yelling at you, no, no. I was like, why am I scared? I'm my own daughter. Why am I scared? I'm my two-year-old. I put her to sleep. I prayed some stuff. I'm like, if there's anything hanging around here, come out. Some of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Others are like, I know what you're talking about. Gee, kids, kids. Kids, they're angels, but they're a little crazy sometimes, aren't they? Judges chapter 16, we bump into a text. Sometime later, he fell in love. Someone say he fell in love. He fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. She's from the valley of Sorek. The valley of Sorek literally means the valley of sweet wine. She is from a place, she has a vineyard, and, and Samson is dating her. He's never meant to touch alcohol, but he's dating someone who owns a bar. What could go wrong? She's got a club, she's got a bar, she's got a vineyard. This girl's got it going on, and Samson's like, I'm not meant to touch alcohol, let's date you. Someone say, slap that fool. 
Verse 5 says this, The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, See if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we may tie him up and subdue him. They're not, they're not holding any anything back. They are not secretive about their plans. They, they want to bind him. They want to subdue him. They literally want to kill this man, for he has killed thousands of them. And then the Bible says, each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Let me just give you some dating advice. If someone says to you, um, I want to tie you up and put you in prison and have you killed, you're dating the wrong person. But Samson has violated God's command in one area, violated God's command in another area, and he's about to violate God's third principle or third covenant, third command in his life. But how many of you know the more you violate God's commands, the more you lose your discernment, the more you lose your ability to see who's for you and who's against you. He cannot discern that this woman is actually not in love with him, she's in love with money. And if you ever love someone who doesn't love you, know this now, they can manipulate you. They can control you. She, he is in love, but she's not in love. He's in love. Calls her up, Delilah. Sing me your favorite song, Delilah. Play it on the radio. And I don't know if they're calling each other, go boo, 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 boo. But I reckon they got cups and they got strings. Remember that? You just do cup and a string. You don't have no, need no phone. We didn't need no iPhone. Let's cup and string. Let's go back to cups and strings. This is how Delilah and Samson communicated that they were one another's boo-boo. <laughs> Delilah is delightful. She is delicious, but she is deceptive, and she is dangerous. Let me say that again. She is delightful. She looks good, smells good. She is delicious. She tastes good. She is deceptive, and she is dangerous. And I don't care if it's Delilah or Dylan. Actually, no, let me not say Dylan. Let me say Dean, because someone came up to me. He's like, you know my name's Dylan, right? <laughs> it was the like, Dylan, love you, man. <laughs> Because in the first service and second service, I mentioned it could be Delilah or Dylan. He's like, oh, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> Delilah, I want you to imagine for a moment, Delilah's not a person. You need to shut that phone off right now. Just the Lord is not talking to you, okay? Delilah is not so much a person, but a cultural thing that will suck you in and take away your strength. Take away your power. Take away your freedom. Take away the essence and the identity that God himself wants to give you. Let me say this. Samson is literally created to bring people freedom. And the man who is created to bring people freedom finds himself in the lap of Delilah. And she is luring him and she is tricking him. Have you ever been there? Don't shout too loud, but have you ever been there? Let me give you my first thought today. Number one, if you like to take notes, just because it looks good and feels good doesn't mean it is good. When someone loves other things more than you, you got to be careful. 
When you've been dating someone one week and you're like, we're in love, we're in love. What are you in love with? You don't know them yet. Why do you need some boundaries in your life? Why can't you just take anyone? Because you don't know what their motivation is. Samson is with Delilah, but Delilah's motivation is tied to the Philistines. She loves money more than she does him. And sometimes you'll meet people like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. You know what the challenge of actually discerning right and wrong is sometimes? Is if you meet someone, you say, hey, how are you? And they're like, hi, how are you? Good. You're like, that's a nice person. If you met Delilah, she would have been nice. She would have smiled. She would look good. She would smell good. You would have seen them on Instagram as Samson and Delilah, kind of hashtag in love. And you would have seen all these selfies and you're just like, oh, they're such a cute couple. But then one day you get to hear the story and you're like, wait, Samson's in love, but Delilah's not in love. Samson's in lust, but Delilah is in lust with money. Delilah's in lust with power. Delilah is actually a puppet on a string. Delilah is controlled by others. And isn't it interesting that sometimes when people are controlled by others, they become controlling. They want to control you. You need to cut those cords and snap those things. Say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Come on, say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Because let me assure you of this, God gave you this warning, not so you could just read and, and think, wow, the Bible's great, there's Samson, he's like the Hulk, and, and it is actually for your encouragement, it is for your life, it is for your teaching, it is for you to be instructed by God, by, by yourself, are you with me? Number two, the temptation is always to come outside of God's covenant. The temptation. How many of you ever been tempted to step outside the boundary of God? I, I think of the Garden of Eden and you're like, there's thousands of trees and there's one tree they couldn't touch and shouldn't touch. Now there's thousands of trees and you and I have more access to everything through the internet than at any other age. You can click anything you want. You can click good things and you can click crazy things. You can click awesome things and you can click devastating things in a moment. You have access. We have more access now today at any other time to more nonsense than ever, but more good things than ever. You and I are always being tempted to violate God's covenant. But here's what I find interesting about Samson. Samson is anointed. Samson is strong. Samson is bold. Samson is all that in a bag of chips. But you never hear of Samson's friends. You never hear of Samson's group. You never hear of him asking advice. You never hear he is a leader who is out of control. He is an anointed man all by himself. You know what's dangerous? Anointed men all by themselves. You know what's dangerous? Anointed women all by themselves. Run into church, run out of church. No relationship. Be careful if you have no relationship with anyone moving in the right direction. The only relationship he has is with a woman who's out to control him. Where's his boys at? Where's his transform group? They ain't nowhere to be. He didn't sign up. I see you Wednesday. I see you. I see you Wednesday. Let me say this to you. Many of you are called by God. 
to be a Samson in your generation. Samson in your family. What does that mean? It means you're anointed to bring freedom to other people. But you can't bring freedom to other people if you're bound yourself. And here's the dangerous of part of the Christian life and as a leader is that you can get free, but how many know it takes diligence and self-control and the work of the Spirit of God to stay free? How many need to get free and stay free? Come on, am I preaching to anyone today? The temptation is always to come outside of God's covenant. I want to say this today. Grace empowers us to live up to our true identity. Grace empowers you to live the Christian life. Grace empowers you. Sometimes in the culture of a grace-filled church, sometimes you, you, you talk about obedience and you talk about uh, following God and the certain standards of God. And it's almost like, wait, I thought it was grace. Is it grace or obedience? Grace leads you to obey. Grace makes you and me obedient. It got quiet because that got no, no response. But let me say this. If, I don't, if I'm not obedient to Jesus, who am I actually following? You're following you. You're taking a walk. You're like, oh, I'm following Jesus. Are you sure? Matthew chapter 10, Jesus gave his disciples power and authority over the enemy. You have power and authority. If you're submitted to Christ, you have power and authority over the works of darkness. You have power when you pray when you're submitted. You have power when you walk when you're submitted. They're, they're, Devils cannot come in my home because I'm under his authority. Are you with me? Many years ago, I was 19 and I got a phone call from a friend of mine. He was a real estate agent at the time. It's kind of a nutso story. So if you like nutso stories, listen in. A friend of mine calls me up. He's like, hey, Anthony, there's this girl that's got a house and she told me that there's like objects moving around their house there's shadows showing up physically and then their six-year-old son saw a monster saw a demon basically in the corner and he's freaking out she's freaking out let me tell you how demonized the house was when the temperature was 104 degrees Fahrenheit on a summer day in Australia, they had to have a blanket in one of the rooms. No other room in the house, but when they'd watch TV, they needed a blanket because one room was always cold. That means something's wrong. Someone say something's wrong. Some of you look at me a little crazy like, I'm not sure where's this story going. You never have to be afraid of the enemy if you're submitted to God. So my friend and I, Tim Bartlett, my brother and I came to the house. We began to pray. Before we went in, we actually fasted that day. We showed up at night, and we wanted to go and share Christ with her and share the freedom and the forgiveness that's found in Christ. And You don't need to deal with that stuff in your home. We walk in the home. They begin to tell the story. Hey, this is happening, and this is happening. We're seeing stuff in the corner. All kinds of nonsense was going on. I then share the gospel with them, and I literally like, have you heard of Adam and Eve? They're like, no. I was like, okay, let's start there then. Well, Genesis 1, I mean literally, literally, biblically, illiterate, never heard of it. And as I was telling the story of the gospel, as I was telling the story of Christ and who He is, who he is and how He has a plan for their lives, she said, oh, it's weird. We're in the lounge room where we know we need a blanket. We don't need a blanket today. This is the first time we've never needed a blanket. Why did they not need a blanket? Because three men walked in who had some authority 
who had some power of the enemy, who actually knew who they were in Christ, who'd come in under authority so that they had authority. They walk into the house, and all of a sudden the temperature began to get normal. What did that mean? Devils left. Are you with me? The strange thing was, then the six-year-old little kid, I was talking to the mum, and the six-year-old kid would peek behind the couch, and he'd look at me and go, and I was like, God, delicious, might need a little prayer. Some of you walk into this place and you feel freer in this place than you ever feel in your own house. And the reason you feel freer in this house, the reason there's joy and you come here, like, why is it that I come here and I feel so good? And why is it when I go home, it's like a heaviness comes over me? Because you've never taken authority over your home. If you walk into your home, you'll ask, what do you watch? What do you listen to? What are the things you allow in your home? And that is beginning to dictate the environment of your home. Sometimes you need to throw some stuff out. You're like, I don't want to get that serious with Jesus. Well, deal with some devils. Don't have freedom in your house. That's up to you. You're free to do whatever you want to do. But you're not free to choose the consequences. Don't dance with Delilah. She'll take away your strength. Acts chapter 19 says this. You ever heard of spring cleaning? Some people need to do some fall cleaning. Acts chapter 19, verse 18. Many of those who believe now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. They had tarot cards, they had Ouija boards, they were praying to unknown gods, they were doing all kinds of nonsense. Then they came to Jesus. Someone say, then. Then they came to Christ. They put their faith not in some spiritism, not in some witchcraft nonsense. They put their name in the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did they do? They went home. They got rid of some books. They said, no, no, this has got to go. And the Bible says when they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachma, which is $5 million. Watch this now. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. I'd, I'd sell it. No, they sold, They literally burnt it because they didn't want someone else to practice the nonsense too. So, uh, a number of years ago, I was, I think I was 19. At my house in Australia, we had an um, uh, um, exchange student from Japan and a young guy. Um, and for some reason, all of a sudden, I felt like I was getting bombarded by really strong sexual temptation again you're 19 and so that happens a lot when you're 19 but it felt unusual it felt different it felt like it felt very strange i prayed it was like lord what is this and the lord spoke to my heart and said he's brought pornographic magazines into your house which have a spirit attached to them i was like oh okay he went out of the house i went into his room looked under the bed there was like 30 Playboy magazines, grabbed them, threw them in the, in the trash, didn't take a peek. Just wanted to throw that out there. I just wanted to see, you know, I had, you know, I had a, gosh, I had a guy tell me years ago in church, he was like, you know, I just need to know what's out there. I was like, brother, you don't need to know crap, you know. 
how many ignorance is bliss you don't need to know <laughs> isn't it funny what we say over and over again we believe what we just say over and over again we believe we just say oh they're not a prostitute they're a porn star and we call them porn stars instead of prostitutes but it's the same spirit See, if you call someone a porn star, then they become a star elevated in your eyes. And I just saw a, a big sign on the road in New Jersey, largest in America, X-rated, show up and meet porn stars. Don't, don't do that. Don't go there. Hard pass. I just, I just want to meet him. No, 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 don't meet him. I just want to see, no, no, stop it. First Peter 5, 8 says, be self-controlled. Samson, be self-controlled. Be self-controlled for your, your adversary. The word adversary means one who actively opposes you. Actively, always, constantly, be self-controlled for your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking some, someone. That's not the person next to you, that's you. Someone say someone. Someone say that's me. Someone to what? To what? Does that sound nice? Does that sound good? Is that like, come over for Thanksgiving, we'll have turkey together? You're the turkey. God doesn't want you to be the turkey with stuffing in it. Gravy on top. Oh, look, I'm having Christians for Thanksgiving. Be self-controlled for your adversary. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's trying to take away Samson's anointing. He's trying to take away Samson's character. He's trying to take away Samson's boundaries. He's trying to take away, he's trying to change the boundary. We live in a culture that's changed the rules. We live in a culture that's, that's, that wants to take away what it actually means to know that, that the standards of God. In the 1960s, they took prayer out of schools. In the 1970s, they instituted abortion in this country. In the 1980s and 1990s, they seemed to be hard on attacking Marriage, you could kind of get married, you get married, but then you get divorced really, really easy. They just kept on making that easier and easier. Then they continue to shift and shift and culture literally just, the morals of America seem to just go down and down. It's funny that it doesn't start at one thing. It's like an escalator going down. It eventually takes you there. And you wouldn't believe it that in the 1960s when they instituted abortion, Roe vs. Wade, understand this, that they instituted it because they said that the woman that was seeking an abortion had been raped by a man five times. She had not been raped. If you look up the story, just check out the story, she was literally just a pawn. She never got an abortion. They never tell this story. She is a woman who is in the pro-life movement. She tells people what it means because she said, I was wrong. They instituted judgments in this nation out of someone lying. But do you know that if you hear something long enough, you believe it? 
If you hear something long enough, you believe it. If you hear you know good, you start believing it. If you hear that, that there is no God, you believe it. If you hear that you came from monkeys, you believe it. Listen, when you, when you hear that God does not have a plan for your life, eventually you start believing it. But if you keep putting yourself in a place where you hear that God has a plan for you, that He has a purpose for you, that you're made in the image and the likeness of God, all of a sudden you begin to live up to what God said. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10, I believe, in verse 16. He says, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be as wise as snakes and as harmless as doves. As I was getting ready for this message, I felt like sometimes messages come easy. Sometimes they might take a day for me to write and really think through this message. I had to work Friday on it, had to work Saturday on it, work late last night on it. I just felt like I had to wrestle this message to the ground and keep praying because I feel like I'm talking to some Samsons in this room. And I don't need to talk about Samson, but I do need to talk to you about Delilah because Delilah is tricking some of you and she's after you. And it's not that Delilah's after you, it's with the spirit behind her that's after you. And she's trying to take away your strength and she's trying to get you to compromise and she's trying to get you to dumb down all the standards of God. Are you with me, Church Alive? Come on, I am preaching for you, not against you. Do you know what Delilah does? Delilah steals Samson's identity. We talk a lot about identity in our church, and you're in the image of God. Why? Because the number one thing the devil does is he steals identity. The number one thing the devil does is steal who you really are. Do you know on Facebook today there are 74 different genders that you could choose when God says there's two, male and female? We're losing our mind. But do you know that it's not a new thing? It's an old thing. Do you know that in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, and, and Daniel, do you know that the name that they named one of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was a woman? In other words, they changed his identity to a woman. And then recently in America today, there was a woman who has a son, and she wants to change him at the age of seven or eight years old to a girl. She dresses him like a girl, and the judge ruled in her favor that she can, that the, the daughter, the mother, can literally change the little boy's gender at the age of seven and eight years old. You see, if you keep saying there's no standards, eventually it goes down and down and down and down. In the 1960s, abortion was legalized in this country. They legalized it because they believed the woman was raped. She was not raped. Just last year, in the state of New York, as a country, the state, they smiled when they legalized abortion to the nine-month area. Nine months. Nine months for any reason, because they chose it. In the name of a woman's right. But what about 50% of those little babies who are women? See, here's the funny thing of the women's movement. The women's movement isn't fighting for the women. 
of the abortions. It's a hard topic to talk about. It's a heavy topic to talk about. But I watched a video recently at a leaders' meeting that began to unpack what happens to babies. And in my own time with God on Thursday, I couldn't spend time with God. All I did was cry because of what happens in this country. And all I can do is say, I know as a pastor, I can't be silent on it. I'll never be condemning. I know there's women in our church who had this done. Grace of, you, of God for you. The mercy of God for you. No one can heal you like Jesus. Don't hide that thing. Bring it to Christ. He is the one who takes literally. He takes. Christ was literally born in the lineage of a prostitute called Rahab. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, Jesus takes women of the night and he lifts them and he builds them. But other people want to tear them down and actually destroy them and shame them. But if, if, if you don't spread the light, listen, people can't follow. Let me give you the point number three. How do you know you're being lured by a spiritual enemy? You are bombarded to compromise. Can I have at least the keyboardist come or the worship team to come? Just the, just the music players. Number three. Are you receiving this today? You are bombarded to compromise. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 15, Judges 16. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? She accuses him of not loving him. But she doesn't love him. Haven't you noticed that sometimes we live in a culture that's accusing everyone of being immoral? And you're like, wait, aren't you being immoral? Delilah is accusing Samson of doing something, but she doesn't love him. Listen to what the Bible says. This is the third time you made me look like a fool and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him. When? With such nagging, she prodded him. Day after day until he was sick to death of it. How do you know you're being bombarded by a demonic spirit day after day? It, it, it nags you. It prods you. It shows up. Many years ago, I was, the first time I ever got to speak in front of 200 people, I felt like God opened a door for me. I was at Liberty University at a, at a college setting, and we were, man, God moved. It was a great night. 200 people. It was the, I was like, man, this is the first time I've ever got to speak in, in front of so many people. And the next day, I promise you, a devil from hell came my way. And for the next six weeks, I felt like there was this bombarding of thoughts to do with sexual temptation and violating God's boundaries and almost giving me a plan. I should go to this place and hang out with that friend. And I would, I would, you know, I'd live it up for a while. I'd go prodigal for six weeks. And I didn't, it was different temptation than normal. It was unusual. It was, it was to do with the call of God. Then one day I, took the morning to fast and pray and spend time with the Lord. I felt like I was dry. And all of a sudden, the Lord opened my eyes and across the table, I didn't see the devil, but I sensed this image, this, this being that was literally across the table. And all of a sudden, God opened my eyes. It was a spirit of lust. 
I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get out of my house. Leave me alone. And, and it left in a moment. And then all of a sudden it quickened to my heart. That's been tempting you for six weeks. See, when you're, in, when you're being lured by temptation, most of the time, hear me now, you don't know. You just go, oh, I could do this and I could do that. And your flesh is in there and, and all that kind of stuff. And it just lures you. And you don't even know. But I pray that the Spirit of God lets you know today. I pray that if you're lying in Delilah's lap and she's just stroking your hair. There, there, Samson. There, there, child of God. There, there, compromise. There, there, give up your, your commitment. There, there, it's okay. Just, just give up your commitments. Just cheat on your marriage. Just, just live whatever way you want. I'll take care of you. Cuts his hair. The Bible says while he was sleeping, the Lord left him. Hear me now. Be encouraged by this. The Lord never leaves you, but his strength will leave you. Jesus says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, but your strength, your passion, your vision, your freedom, it will leave you. And all of a sudden, have you ever met someone who used to follow God? And now all of a sudden, it seems like they're just walking around a mill. They're just like, yeah, I'm just doing this and doing this and doing this. They are Samson who has been shorn. And I came, I came today and I've been praying this week that God had opened some people's eyes because I'm fighting for the call of God on your life. I'm fighting that you would begin to open your eyes and begin to say, you know what? I'm putting back that boundary. I'm putting that back that boundary. I'm, I, I will not listen to Delilah and I will become all that God has called me to become. Am I preaching to anyone today? The culture is bombarding you. The culture is lying to you time and time and time again. Don't let it bombard you. Identify. Identify what it is. It's a lie. It's always trying to make you less than you are. Let me try and close this because I'm out of time. I want you to do something for me. You're going to pretend to put on a hat. Are you ready? Some of you refuse to do it. Actually, the guy who's wearing a hat, you refuse to do it, but you're already wearing a hat, so it's good. Do this with me. Come on. Okay, what was that? That was a counselor's hat. You're a counselor. You're a doctorate in counseling. Welcome. You just graduated. You get to sit down. You're in your office. You're a counselor. Samson walks in. Samson, tell me about your relationship with Delilah. Well, I love her, and she's my boo-boo, and she's my sweet thing, and she's my all that, and a bag of chips, and she's this, and she's that. And then she, and then Sam, you as a counselor, goes, oh, and, and uh, does she love you? And you're like, um, I don't know. She does seem to be quite tied to these Philistines. They seem to give her money. How many of you would counsel you to break up with Delilah. I'm not talking really about a relationship, but I might be talking about a relationship. How many of you would counsel Samson to give up on Delilah? Can I see any hands in the place? Okay. 
So if you're wise and if you're smart, and I believe because you're at the third service of Church Alive, I believe you are smart. I believe you're good looking. If you would counsel Samson, what would you say to him? You'd say, don't compromise, Samson. Don't give up on your calling. Don't give up on who God made you. Don't you see Delilah is lying to you? What would you say? I'll tell you what you'd say. Run, Forrest, run. And from then on, I was running. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. But I can run like the wind blows. Gender. I think if you're a counselor, you would say to you, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is, and that ain't it. Let me assure you of this the culture that is controlled by the God of this world does not love you. But the God in heaven who made you, He loves you. He adores you. And when He sets His standards for you and for me, it's for our safety and it's for our good. Do you believe it? Come on, would you stand to your feet for a moment? Come on, give the Lord a hand. Close your eyes for a moment. If you would tell you to stop compromising, then why don't you take a moment to do that to yourself right now? Tell yourself. Stop breaking God's laws. Stop breaking God's commands. Stop listening to Delilah. She is not for you. Surrender again, as it is in heaven, as it is in heaven. All across this place, right here, right now, if you've never accepted Christ, Jesus, the perfect one, the beginning and the end, the word, the door, the shepherd of your souls who loves you. He said, all that ever came before me were thieves and robbers. But he said, I can have come that you might have life and life abundantly. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life abundantly. I would invite some people today who have never accepted Christ into that life that is abundant. We're going to pray a prayer and that prayer will lead you to a person. You simply have to say, Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life. I don't know all the answers, but I believe in you. We're going to pray that and pray that together. Say, Jesus, thank you you made me. Thank you you love me. I believe you died on a cross. You died for me. I believe you intend to make me in your image. So I ask you, would you forgive me? Cleanse me? Help me? become the person you created me to become. 
In Jesus' name I pray. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you meant business with God, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and raise it up high, long enough, high enough so I can see it. One, two, three, all across this place. Raise your hand, raise it up nice and high. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Jesus died on a cross for you. He loves you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up, just all over the place. Thank you. Come on, let's give those people a hand. Let's say yes to Jesus. Come on, let's give them a hand. Come on, please. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.